Hello and welcome to Witlit, the funny books podcast where I interview comedians and publishers about their favourite witty literature. This episode, a very excitingly, I am joined by an actual famous funny books person. Helen Lederer is a legit professional comedian and writer who you'll recognise from things like Absolutely Fabulous and Naked Video. Her debut comic novel, Losing It, also did cool stuff. It was nominated for the P.G. Woodhouse Comedy Literary Award and the Edinburgh Book Festival First Book Award. And last year, Helen set up the Comedy Women in Print prize which rewards the best witty women writers so i'm here to tell you that if you are a witty woman writer published or unpublished the 2020 prize is currently open for submissions listen on for tips about writing in a funny voice about whether humor is gendered and uh, to listen to helen giving me unsolicited life advice uh, which you humble listener can take for your own um so i, I clicked record when Helen was talking through my witlit to read pile. So that's where we'll start. Fun! Um, I've I've noticed on your pile. Yes. So we've got Iris Murdoch. Great. Yes. Haven't read. Great. So same there. Muriel Spark. You've got Prime Miss Jean Brodie. Okay. Everyone does that. Good. Yes. That's not a knock Mainly to you. Mainly because it's slim. It's, well, I have a slimmer leave. I've got two slim books. M- Muriel Spark. I don't know if this is called the novella. I think that's a great word. But Mm. both of hers, you'll agree, would you not, Lily, that these are slim. Slim, beautiful, um, very appealing. A Far Cry from Kensington is slim and The Driver's Seat is Mm. slim. So, But actually, you're right. Jean Brodie is slimmer. Stella Gibbons, yeah, everyone says that. Good, correct it. (laughs) Um, Sue Townsend, yes. Um, Adrian Mole, the nativity bit. Very funny. These are all things you haven't read, so you obviously having to nod. <laughs> don't know the next one, was it? Don't, don't... point that thing at me. Who's that by? Curie Bonfiglione. Well, potentially. Very good. And I'm going to I'm going to excuse any mispronunciation there by an interesting font choice. Absolutely. That's what I'm going to claim. Of the name of the author's name. Should be in bold. Yes. Evelyn War. Absolutely. See, I had a phase of reading all those. Post-war, so Evelyn War, mm. C.P. Snow. I just read them. And now I don't read so much because I'm doing this blessing prize <laughs> and trying to write myself. And it's very yeah. difficult to read. Yeah. yeah. So I am remiss on reading and I'm not part of that top community that you're part of, which is a readerful society. But I'm an enabler. So I think Completely. there's a little... Just an enabler who reads you know, occasionally. <laughs> well, I feel, I mean, the whole reason for me starting this podcast in the first place was A, loving the sound of my own voice yeah, and B, nice. feeling incredibly embarrassed <laughs> about how little I felt like I'd read funny books mm. because I felt like I'd, I was sort of pretending to be this great sort of spokesperson in my small little friendship group. Yep. Singular. For witty and, women, you mean? Well, I would say for witty books, full stop. Get I was it? sort of going, wow, funny books are not talked about as a thing. Of course. And now I realise, of course, Evelyn War is not a woman. No. <laughs> Which Although is. I knew someone called Evelyn growing up who I know. was. But no, you're right. Of course, that that's a nice mixed bag, but um, it airs on more women. Your it list. does. Yeah, but that's good. And um, I just feel like I haven't read enough funny books. 
love them when I do. Mm. And then when you throw women into the mix, I yeah. go, oh my God, this is terrible. I feel incredibly underread, under knowledgeable. It's understandable that you say that because when I'm required to say, you know, who of the women authors do you rate? there aren't that many. And then when you go back in time, mm. obviously you do Muriel Spark. I do Muriel Spark, it's a safe one. Um, and Stella Gibbons is a safe one, but yeah. I don't know how many she wrote. Very, very few. Mm. Virginia Woolf, yeah, but not exactly mm. out and out, like witty, laugh out loud. I think this is a genre that is very now, is growing now, and hence me doing the Comedy Women mm. in Print Prize, mm. because... I've always, I'd like to say, been ahead of my time yes. or at the wrong time. And although I've been banging on about comedy since the 80s, suddenly it's fashionable mm. to be a confessional witty woman. Well, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. I was <laughs> doing that before. <laughs> yeah. Perceptions have to evolve. Um, new norms have to evolve. And I think we're in such an exciting time. Mm. And here I am, you know, in my later middle years and you are young so it, you know I'm very envious you, you've got it all to come you won't have to convince anyone it, and people are actually begging for mm. witty voices mm. whereas like in my day it was alarming yes as it, it's a different kind of pressure to be there sort of literally having to form a path that isn't there before now there's almost a kind of um, as you say, there's this this turning point where people have gone, oh, my God, we haven't been listening to people for so long. Give me something original. Give me something original. that's completely different from anything that we've seen before. Absolutely. It has to be authentic. You have to be yourself. And these were words, all these words, yeah. I felt I'd invented those words, yeah. not in a kind of <laughs> egotistical way. But, you know, when people say, you know, what is, what is funny, and then yes. you go into that thing, certainly as a stand-up comedian, people either love you or hate you. What I would say with comedy women in print is you go, you know what? Women can be different from each other. Yeah. Now, has anyone got hold of that idea that you don't have to be the same? Because to get on before, what it was all a replication. Yeah. Whereas obviously it was normal for men. You'd have, you wouldn't even have to distinguish. There were just loads of men, writers, performers. It wasn't even an issue. Yeah, it was as if sort of female was its own... Comedy yeah. genre. And totally. Go, um, totally. <laughs> yes. Well, pretty sure you could have a surreal woman. You could have a etc. etc. And and women who are doing similar stuff even, but they saw that as no, we've already got yes. one of those. Yeah. And um, I was at the Writers Guild. Um, they always asked me late. Uh, they well, they asked me early this year, and <laughs> pointed it out. But I always turn up to give an award when somebody else is sick. That's just I just <laughs> I am that person. And it was fine. And then I got talking to Joanna Scanlon and. Dune Macan, I can never say her, smack, smack, smack the Pony star, mm, wonderful. Mm, mm. And they also, we just had this conversation where we'd all gone for meetings and hadn't got anywhere. And mm. they're very deserving, talented women. Mm. So the times have changed. So going back to that word authentic, the thing on stage that you'll relate to, Lily, is that if you're authentic, you're giving your self the best chance of eliciting a laugh mm. uh, if you are being derivative or guarded which we all do out of nerves I mean that's perfectly it's not bad behavior but you're not likely to be mm. funny mm. so mm. it's it's crucial uh, it's crucial to know why you're funny and then somebody else might find you funny I'm now not being funny in my trying to deconstruct it somewhat <laughs> um, and then the fact that we can now go in the judging process of yes. last year, 
people were against and for so extremely mm. and we had to go well that's okay who's one person to say if a, if a lot of people like that kind of book then let's embrace it yeah we don't all have to be the same creating a new sensibility where you go uh we're just welcoming uh, all achievers at a certain level whether it's to your taste or not mm. but this female the female branch needs nurturing completely God, I feel like I've just been... I'm just getting off my cardboard box now. And I only had Diet Coke, as you well know. <laughs> well, amen. That's why you're. That's why we're doing this. Yes, it's great. And it's lovely to hear that, you know, all your... Everything you've identified is, is pure to you and, and your generation. And it's great that it chimes a bit with me, you know, of a completely different generation, having sort of knocked about a bit and been quite bitter for longer. <laughs> And I've still got some time to be better. Yes, yes, it's all ahead. Yes. But but it is difficult. So what would you say of the books you have read, as mm. opposed to this very worthy mm. pile that you haven't? Uh, <laughs> you've got... This is this is my pile of books okay. I have Talk read that me. I love. So you have read an Iris Murdoch. I'm I sorry. have read an Iris Murdoch. I have been doing a little Iris Murdoch stint recently. Right. And she's just great. She's right. really civilized mm -hmm. i would say for some reason it makes me think of woodhouse even though mm -hmm. it is far more philosophical and serious mm -hmm. and i think it just i've been using it as a really lovely kind of corrective when people think that seriousness and silliness uh, are lovely. somehow opposites because yes. they're, they're just you know same Delicious. sentence it's she amazing. sounds similar in a way yes uh, although probably uh less surreal uh, the, 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 as Muriel Spark mm. uh, Tom Muriel Spark's book is very very dark and weird uh, but those descriptions uh, probably sound like very meaty nice yes. nice so you've got a Muriel Spark on your yep. favourites list tell me tell me about the driver's seat well the driver's seat is actually quite a macabre mm. story where it all ends ba you know bad but here you have a person who's really if I can use the word mad mm. in quotes, um, about to do harm. Um, but she's not afraid of that. She just goes with it. But I like, um, I, I, I must read Iris Murdoch because mm. I, I don't know. Well, I like the detail. You go. Yes, good. Mm. I want, please give me one before <laughs> I go. Um, the, the afternoon is, is young. Yes. Um, so I like her detail, um, just mm. getting you into the zone and you know that the writer's confident uh, and as I say, a drut with her words. Mm. And as long as you've got that, you just go, this will be witty. Yes. So yes. that's all about the use of words into the landscape. And then when it becomes funny, oh God, that's really nice as well. Yes. I'm, um, I find it tricky with, I was trying to find sort of quotes from Iris Murdoch to kind of justify to people why yep. I found her so witty. Very <laughs> and difficult. And I feel, exactly. And there are some books and I'm sure you know it's the same with other forms of comedy of course where you 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 try and sort of quote a scene from an amazing sitcom or, or an amazing yes. piece of stand-up and you go oh I can't because you mean, want to it communicate was, yeah, it exactly. that's why but maybe that isn't the thing just, no, just it's, enjoy it's, it it's it's I feel like with Iris Murdoch in particular there it isn't that it's sort of line by line funny it's similar in a way to Virginia Woolf but I guess mm -hmm. sort of closer to the funny rather than clever side of wit. Yes. And it has both of those in, in abundance. Yes. But it's one of those ones where you, you can't put your 
you know, your pin on the page and go, this bit is where I laughed out loud. But, but the whole thing is so she's drawn you funny. In. She's drawn <laughs> you in in her world, in her narrative, in the, yes. in the probably the leanness of her words. Yes. And I think when you get extra words, that that that's something really to yes. watch out. Yes. It's that confidence. So yes. you know that that author knows and yes. that author knows that you're going to know. Exactly. And it's just winking at yeah. you all the time. That is... Well, and I, the characters are yeah. amazing and I feel like every second you're unsure whether it's ironic or whether it's this great, profound human truth. Yeah. And it's definitely both at the same time. But then you... I think what you're saying is that you need it as a whole. Like, getting mm. sound bites. I was look, thinking there is a sound bite from Eurospark Spark on that other book. Mm. A far... Oh, no. The Girls of Slender Means, which mm. I did not bring. And there's a very understated, clever sentence that um, defines that. But I haven't brought it with no. me. But it, it basically <laughs> go. If you read that, you go, oh, yes, um, she's being ironic and making mm, a point at mm, once. But mm. so it's nice when you do get those quotes. Now, I would say my humour is born out of being a hysteric because I had asthma as a child and couldn't breathe and was told that I couldn't laugh I couldn't yeah so if I laughed I die well that's what I believed so it made me want to laugh the whole time and show oh off God. so when my parents when that's I was being funny bleak. they'd say stop showing off and whereas that was my heart's desire have you ever have you ever written about your asthma impossible to laugh well, I did. I went back to stand up last year to Edinburgh, having not been there for fourteen years. Christ. And I, <laughs> um, how was that? In comparison? It was. I I discovered C CBT oil because I was crying. <laughs> I was crying in the hairdressers when I was up there because I can't wash my own hair properly. Uh, just can't make it look. I look like a Swedish au pair. Nothing wrong with that. If I wash it myself, it goes flat on top. <laughs> anyway, and. I was weeping and she said, tell you what, go down to Princess Street, Holland and Marriott, get some CBT. So I, I don't know if it was that that got me through. Actually, I don't think it made any difference. So I take <laughs> that now and I'm just the same. Um, but I talked, I was trying to look at this paradigm of um, being t like the therapist. My first therapist said that for someone who... Uh, hates authority figures, uh, fears, power, whatever, and humiliation. You've chosen the very career that will give you all of these in one <laughs> continuous cycle of adrenal hit or whatever. And um, and that's it. So you choose what you fear mm. that turns you on because it's meaningful. Sort of self-harm. <laughs> um, Comedy is self-harm. It is, mm. really, I think, because it's not an easy path, as you yourself know, to actually get on stage and declare yourself to mm. others as someone who assumes that they're funny, because that in itself is very non-female. Especially non as a woman, yeah, well, there yeah, you go, yeah. Isn't Completely. it? You just and in the olden days, people would cross their arms and go, "Oh God," you know. Yeah. And they'd assess you as a woman first as well, look at your body and all that. Yeah. So. Completely, and and I think that wasn't expecting this to come up mm. in today's yeah. chat, but yeah. I feel like for for me a, a lot of what I thought, I, I think my sense of humour mm. often, when I was growing up especially, came out of basically kind of, it was quite masculine. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely thought of myself oh, as not boy. being very girly. No, I, and it was, you know, was I've got boy. to be one of the lads because the lads are allowed to be funny. Yes. Because it takes audacity. It takes completely. assertion. So if you actually think about the role in a, in a, that one would routinely have in a conversation mm. and when one would step in and out... Mm. Uh, exactly, we learn that. You could say it's environmental. Completely. Uh, Which is so stupid so because the are. funniest people I know are women. Yeah. And it, the yes. best times are when you're in a group of Laughing. just women 
it's the best in the world. Totally. And then suddenly you end up in these environments, sadly, very often where, you know, you're you're at, with some comedian uh, friends uh, and it's 90% uh, men. Uh, yeah. And suddenly the, the, the it's 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 so competitive. It's like humor can be competitive, but it needs to be a fun, you know, you're on the same game. Yes, it's not. You're not a com- you're not no. trying to kill someone. I agree. It's and it doesn't bring forth more comedy. No. I find Cuts that it dead. when you're with someone and you uh, uh, they appeal to you and you appeal to them. Mm. It's humour that is appealing. Completely. So you want more from the other person, and I and I want that person to make me better. Yes. So it it you get a better standard in that group, mm. which is not dominated by the construct of the gag, mm. um, and it, which is a very fascist regime, really. If you think that you need a setup and a and a payoff. Yes. But again, going back to when I would do things, you know, there were the grown up men. Uh, the proper grown-up comedians and the kind of alternative ones that were less grown-up. But <laughs> it was still... To find that part of yourself that is funny in a female group, Yes, it was... All I wanted to do that, and I knew if I could just be myself, I'd mm. be all right. But it wasn't easy, and I don't think I did it. So it's coming to me now, mm. in my middle age, weirdly, of just going, I can do it now. Mm. I just couldn't do it then. And it, But as you say, it's like... They didn't want purposely or personally to exclude us, but I think they'd possibly rather we weren't there on balance because <laughs> there's an inconvenience mm-hmm. about having a woman in your midst. They might deny that now. I, I suppose I, I wanted to ask you whether you thought humour was gendered. Do you think I think that, it is. Yeah. And But as we were saying earlier, it's learnt behaviour. Mm. So from that, it, it's not like innate. It doesn't have to be innate, like you're born or, or that mm-hmm. debate. Those are the norms that we've grown up with. And humour is that last, last precious thing that distinguishes you from someone else. And that is our last power that nobody can define. You mm. just know when you've got it. Mm. So we are in exciting times because if we can change the norms mm. of communication, mm. and that is relevant to the word, uh, you know, my prize is not nurturing stand-up comedians. Are enough, they are nurtured well. Yeah. <laughs> They're treated well right now, which yes. is great. There are things for that. So when I write, um, alas, I've only written one comedy novel, um, it was through my stand-up comedy voice. Yes. So that narrative which was through, it wasn't I, it was through the character, Mm, which wasn't mm, me. mm. As long as that voice is the voice that you would have in conversation, in your observations, Mm, mm. I think it's one and the same. Mm, So I think there is mm. a real connection between how we communicate and perform to be funny and how we put it on the page. Yeah, I was going to, I've got that written down. Was how How did you find writing... Well, interestingly, I wrote the book as a radio play. I would say that it's quite useful exercise to with a beginning, middle, and I just had that. This could be an afternoon play, I thought. And I think simple ideas are useful. But... But that's the construct. Mm. The joy is in the voice and the voice can go into the observations and the dialogues. And if you're through another person's eye, I, I didn't want to do I, I, I. Maybe just still too People might think that was a memoir. That's what I'm trying to write. Yeah. Well, I am writing oh, that now. That asthma and all sorts of abuse will come in, uh, I think, there in the memoir. I think it's so time fun. to do it. Yeah. It, but I think if you do a memoir, then you really do have to reveal stuff. Otherwise... Mm. It would just be a Clever Clogs memoir or the, the ones or both that get car booted quite quickly with the photograph on. You say, oh, there it is. Like, there along it is with in the, Oxfam again. <laughs> or with Jane Fonda DVD on the yeah. VHS. Um, 
so uh, what was the question? Because uh, this is so exciting to talk about this. <laughs> this is my favourite topic. I know, it's so fun. Yeah. Um, writing compared to performing your yeah. material and, and how it was to sort of write a novel. Yeah, well, I, as I say, I, I, oh, yes, so right. I got yes. my construct, uh, I knew the character, and then weirdly, it just <laughs> it came to me as a dream. No, <laughs> I ended up, the character's daughter ended up in Papua Papua New Guinea and then I remember one of these literary, <laughs> literary festivals somebody said and have you ever been to Papua New Guinea <laughs> and um, I said no I haven't but I thought I had and it was just a weird thing I just researched it and researched it and knew I knew all about it and then I found on YouTube somebody had filmed this bit of Papua New Guinea <laughs> as I'd written it so I think this is safe this novel I'm so proud of losing it it did get, did get nominated for that all male com- uh, PG Woodhouse literary yes. prize Interestingly, I would say, and I am taking credit for this, that the canvas has changed. Mm. So interestingly, last year they had four female finalists, whereas, like, honestly, in 17 yes. years, I think there are about three women uh, yes, winners. And you big. just go, what? Yeah. But then, as we say, the times, times are changing. And comedy women in print now has to go, well, here is the prize and it's influencing mm, other people. Mm, mm. Uh, or I came in at a time where that influence was current anyway who knows but i'm just i'm just going to take a little bit definitely of both yeah. you need to yeah. yeah yeah so um but yes because it was last was it the last three winners of the woodhouse yeah. prize and have now been women yeah since so, <laughs> essentially after that big quite fascinating yes and then of course then we have the diversity so women mm, first diversity exactly. next when you're reading a book and you're investing in it you want to be amused. And when you know that that writer is not amusing you, it's really sad. It's the worst thing in the world. You go, oh, no, it's derivative. Try yeah. hard. Why use that word? No, don't like you. And that's just a childish, mm. in, where I say childish, an instinct. Mm. So it's very instinctive. Mm. That's why we need to have a broader church of the winners in Quip to go, I, I don't read them. I don't mm. judge. Otherwise, because mm. mm. whenever I see an author, I hide. Yes. So I think shit, they're going to think. Well, <laughs> um, it's very scary because it doesn't sit well on me to mm. have this role. It doesn't sit well at all. I had to really push it. So many times I didn't want to do this prize because I was thinking, God, it might succeed. What do I do then? Um, <laughs> so it's, that's all quite mixed, isn't mm. it? Um, but I know who I like. Mm. Mm. And you just know who you like. Mm. But you need to, we need to be getting more and more of them more. so that we can have choice. A few years yes. ago, it would have felt, if you want to read some funny Here books by women, here's your three. And of course that isn't true, but it was how it felt when you went looking for them. Absolutely. And I think a, a huge part of it is not the women feeling that they're allowed to write them in the first place. Yep. Then it's publishers feeling like they're going to be able to be Sell commercially them. viable. <laughs> And and then it's readers actually discovering them. Yeah. And it feels like at each step of those, something yeah. hasn't been working but is now working. I'm, no, I, and I, Quip is part of that. I'm really thrilled because it's really tough running a prize mm. when I, I've become an administrator. I'm not good. I can't even find how to get on Instagram. I am on Instagram. <laughs> but like, if to get somebody else to press the button. I mean, it's not my forte. Mm. And managing other people isn't my forte. Mm. I'm not good. I run, I'm not good. Uh, and so it's you've been, become one of the authority figures I, you it's soul destroying <laughs> uh, well I do you know I uh, yes I don't know because as soon as I it gets to authority I want to hide under a chair I still have to battle with that authority position mm. um and I need to grow quip and obviously we need money for that mm. so I'm going around just going to parties all the time coming back with business cards 
it's given me a purpose, but it's taken me away from writing. And that's mm. why doing this, I launched the prize when I was in Edinburgh and I haven't got back to my book till just now because you got it. I, we will get sponsorships. Somebody listening to this pod, yes. which is a very successful pod, <laughs> um, will, will understand. I don't take any money from it. Otherwise, I couldn't ask anyone else to give it. Some money will come to pay the people to make it work uh, at a level that will encourage more people to write. Yes. That, that's it. And it will just be a it, lovely little loop. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, so you said that I had to read something out. I love you too. But it might change the pace because I'm really enjoying. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. You I'm don't have re- to read anything at all. Do you want so, to read something from your own? Do you want yes, to read? Yes, I'd yeah. rather obviously read from my own. Yeah, Who read something wouldn't? from your own. I'd be mad not to. Yeah. Uh, but interesting how when we going back to an earlier point of view, mm. the moment you try and get a nugget, you can't because yes. it won't best represent your joy of the whole book yes and it's the same when you say oh this bit is very funny um and then you get nervous yeah. and one gets what nervous and then you say terrible. actually it's rubbish because <laughs> i don't want to be seen to promote something that isn't funny yes. it's all self-protection uh that's what comedy is but i don't really think i want to read do you think people should just get my book i think they should get your book should but i not there are other pages it? that you won't have read out so you can read out a little bit, and okay. still have to Oh, no, read that's the, the other hilarious thing at book, launch, uh, book festivals. You must have done this where the author, I've done these panels where I was promoting this. Yes. And the author actually thinks it's okay to read for a very long period yeah. of time. <laughs> and I'm going, now, enough now. As you, you, because you didn't know me then, and you were just going, yes, a little bit, yeah, like that, in a slightly <laughs> concerned voice, and and you need a run in. So I don't even know. I think people should just go and buy losing it. Yeah. And I don't think I'm even going to read from it. Tell me one sentence. What it's about, vaguely. Uh, well, I well I think yeah, vaguely. She's in debt, divorced, and desperate. She gets offered a chance out of debt. It doesn't end as you think it would in a complete circle. Okay, I'll, I'll do to here, but then you can just put your face in neutral. So, yeah. Because I'm like you. I'm such a people pleaser, which, I, again, <laughs> I find so funny. And, like, if I was doing a pod, which I'm not, I would be doing nodding and going, yeah, well, that's amazing. I'd be doing that. I would be going into overdrive. Um, okay. I'll so, stop my nodding head. All right. So, the all-white clinic was carefully designed to be an oasis of calm, as well it might, given the turbulence going on behind closed cubicle doors. Tibetan wind chimes hung across the glass door. Harry looked out of place in his duffel coat and stretch leisure trousers, possibly because they were red or possibly because he was old. The all-white receptionist was wearing a white high-necked oval and very pale lipstick. The effect was so pale, Millie wondered if she might be anemic. Maybe she got colonics on the house and was iron depleted. <laughs> so that's an enticing... I love it. 500 tra- so who else do we like? Who have we said? Oh, I was going to say Catelyn mm. Moran. I liked a bit of her bit where she talks about her sister um hugging each other but she said what why we were actually hugging is because we just had a two-hour long conversation about what to call our vaginas okay so i've chosen <laughs> out rude bits which i haven't i didn't do it intentionally but it's exactly your point well done mm. is in that desire to show off yes and come up with a nugget you actually do yourself you sell yourself short yes because the bigger picture is everything yeah, isn't completely. it it's that joy of narrative Yes. And wit on yes. the page. Yes. And how can we possibly depict that in our lovely conversation? We yes. can't, can we? Well, this podcast is a failure. <laughs> yes. No. What a, what a failed form. And by mistake, sometimes being older 
I actually say, I actually start speaking <laughs> the words that are a bit mean. I just go, oh God, I hate you. Or something like that. I go in a really ugly little male voice. I hate you. Go, oh, fuck off. And I'll do that. Sort of Tourette's. And, um, but it... I just... bet that makes you popular at dinner parties. <laughs> well, I'm quite popular at dinner parties for a short period of time. <laughs> Because I can manage to speak and fill silences. So yes. I'm quite worthy. I'm a good guest. Yes. But then when I've done it and I go home, it's over. No more. It's like it's a performance. It's gone. Yes. It's never yes. again. I quite like being with people. I like people a lot. Mm. As long as there can be a time when you're not with them. When you're not with Would them, Would you yes. agree? Yeah, oh, yes. People must be finite. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. See, look, yeah. that now, in your novel, that would be a great first line. People must be finite. Yeah, because then you just go, right, I like this person. She's obviously troubled. She's, she's making an announcement because she needs to make an announcement. And I like her for that. I like her for her frailties. So that's good. So Great. I think you well, must write that's your, my first yeah. line done. Have you written your novel yet, by the way? Oh, only a few. Have you really? No. But um, that would be the next I'm, thing. I'm a terrible starter, and then I go, "Well, this is terrible. Why am I oh. wasting my time yes. writing this awful, stupid oh. thing that no one's ever going to read? Yeah. Why am I doing this?" And then I throw it away, and then I go, "Ah." Oh, I'm really doing nothing with my life. Yes. I should sit down and write a book. Yes. And then I write another start one. Again. And then I'm like, oh, this is Do you is have crap. different <laughs> beginnings? So you start like with new material each time. Mm. So you won't keep any. Each one's been in a different genre. I feel like okay. I've really been trying to find it. And then yeah. when I actually just sit down, like you were saying earlier yeah. with essentially translating your voice to the page. Yeah. I didn't think that was allowed. No, you've I got think, to do that because you're thought, amusing. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, you just have to do that because your observations will be everything. Mm. Uh, it just feels like cheating somehow. But no. but those are the books that I love reading the most. That's it. They, but it's so answer. weird, isn't it? You just don't... Somehow I feel uh, I have I'm, a blind spot when it comes to myself. Yes. I'm very bad at taking... I understand that. You've got to go to that own observation because clearly you're acutely observant so why waste that and why limit yourself with what you think would be an entertaining story and I think um, once you start going I've got to write an entertaining story it's like you're thinking your headmistress mm. is is looking at, at it all yeah. the time <laughs> then then it's somebody else's story it's not mm. yours mm. Um, and um, here's an interesting example um, just do it because um, <laughs> I sometimes for money I write short stories for a women's magazine mm. and um, like they're very sweet women's magazine and it's an interesting exercise because it's I think it's about 2,000 words or something and um, you know like for Easter or Valentine's oh, it's yeah. all very fair. and you just go right so you force yourself yes. to, to start the yes. story yes. and you know you have to get to the end of it yes. you're not allowed to not get to the end of it Yes, <laughs> and you I think that's a really you do a short story mm. of 2,000 words and who knows what you end up with, that character might come back. Yes. Or that scenario. And you go, God, this is obvious, like to, to oneself. You go, no, it's a 2,000 word piece. It's got to be obvious because you've got to get from yes. A, B, C. I think just forcing yourself to write is everything. So um, a short story is a, a great, or, or like I say, um, an afternoon play. Yes. It means there's nowhere to hide. Yes. There's nowhere to say this is rubbish. Yes. I'm a failure. And you're not going to lose. Judge me. You're not going to lose confidence halfway through. No. Because you've got to get there isn't to the a end. half. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you have to be urgent and focused when you write. And then, um, I mean, I made myself write losing it because mm. I knew it was a brilliant idea, and I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to be that 
character, Millie. Yes. And Millie isn't me, but her obs- her ability yes. to observe, just as you can, uh, clearly. You know, that, that, <laughs> that was the money shot for me. Yes. So it was a construct from which I could be funny. Yes. So I mean, you have to do uh, but it. You, you sell it. You, you sell the, mm. the thought of writing and wanting to be in that yeah. in that voice. Yeah, and it's get doable. to be excited about it. Because clearly, if you're someone who's, uh, it seems you know you have you know vers- you've surrounded yourself with other comedians. You've chosen that path already. So this is a place. This is mm. the right place for mm. you. It's not like I'm suggesting to a farmer that they might <laughs> like segue into to comedy writing. Um, so. You have to, it's a natural place for you, so you have to do it. That's well, what I believe. Helen, I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> I didn't invite you on uh, to, to give me a little Life bit of... Uh, I mean, I love it. Oh. Wow, I'm getting getting free... No, you have to write. Um, you have to promote comedy women in print. Um, I think that's fair trade-off. <laughs> Don't you think? So that would be... But maybe a listener would help. Yeah. Because I think we're at year two. It's a really important time. Completely. And we need to grow the Quip community. And, and also ideas need to come. Comedy Women in Print. There's a, a hello at ideas of yes. how we can grow this community. Yes. How we could do more podcasts or how we can uh, get other people's podcasts on our website. Yes. And vice versa. Yes. I need those ideas because I'm... I don't understand technology and social media, the power of it. So well, this is my plea for, from this, from your lovely podcast. Can we get some people to write in? And tell me more about how people can enter for yes. this year's prize, which they, is open at the moment, isn't it's it? It's open and closes uh, quite soon. Um, just saying that it's not that quite soon. Yeah. <laughs> give, give people some urgency. Urgency is everything. And you just press send. You go on the website, <laughs> you find the how to enter button, and then you press send, send your two chapters or whatever. Harper Fiction are publishing the winner. Uh, and th- then then a long list is made from that and then a short list. And we've got some really exciting judges. Um, and the same will apply for publishers sending in their published works. Yes. Another button, mind you. <laughs> and then with graphic, uh, humorous graphic novels, there's mm. a third button, which I think is a really exciting genre. Yes. So we're shining a light on that. Completely. So it's very exciting. Everyone has to come to the winner's event on July the 6th. Amazing. Mm. So people can enter if they're unpublished. Yes. Publishers can enter if they're published. Yes. And then people can look afterwards and go, oh, look at this amazing long list. These are all the people that I need to read. Yes. And then they can go, oh, the winner. Amazing. This is who I need to go and buy a signed copy of. Yes. Exactly. And this year in the winners thing, we will be promote. We will have physically the winner of last year. So in a year... Uh, Quip will have nurtured the growth, the yes. journey of the winners. So yes, I'm glad this came up books. because her name's Kirsty S. I think it's Air, but with me, who knows? And I was when when the prize was announced last year. I remember thinking, this sounds so up my street. So I'm really excited about that. Brilliant! It's um. Uh, for, for any humble listeners yes. who, who haven't, it's um, it's called Cowgirl, and um, I hope this is a, a fair description to say it's a sort of lesbian rom com set on a dairy farm, <laughs> <Yes>. which is 
uncannily up my street. Well, so I can't wait you will to love read that. It. Yeah. You won't and be it's disappointed. next year, isn't it, that it's publishing? Yeah. 2020. And she's got a second book. So fun. So it is so exciting. Will it also be a lesbian rom-com set on a farm? Because I just want to keep reading that. I'll suggest that she sticks with that (laughs) genre. Maybe just change the names. Yeah, yeah. Keep keep the rest of it the same. (laughs) So, um, yeah, um, the winner of the published was actually originally wrote for young adults. So what we're saying is... you know, with those judges, what is funny is funny. So we're kind of yes. pushing the boundaries back as well. Yes. Uh, I'm glad to hear that because yeah. this golden book on my list of favourite books um, is... Did you ever read any of the Louise Renison? Louise Renison. Oh, yeah, and a, a my last, God. Alas, she's not alive yes. anymore. Uh, I, kn- I knew a very good friend of hers, uh, Joe Good, who d- does a lovely radio program, uh, and they, she told me all about Louise. Yes, and I'm so glad I've got her one of her books on my shelf at home. Yeah, she is. I mean, uh, it says on the front of here, voted number one Queen of Teen. But I, I can't describe how, how much these amused me when I was growing up. And I went home um, a few months ago and was just looking at my bookshelves and picked one up and just, oh. you know, when you accidentally start reading something yeah. and I read the whole thing just standing up <gasps> oh, next wow. to the bookshelf oh, wow. and then sort of an hour later went, God, I need a wee. But yeah. it's just... It's funny. What is the title the of that this one? This one is called, Are These My Bazoomers I See Before Me? Oh. And this is the final one in the series. Wow. And I took this one sort of back to my London flat with me um, because I just wanted to read it again because... So basically, the whole series is um, this teenager, Georgia, who has a big nose and has a friend who's really wet. And they go to a school and they put loads of makeup on and they put on a really nice outfit to walk to school because they have to walk <laughs> past the boys' school and then of they course. go into the loos and change yes, and put all their back. makeup on. Yeah. And, and um, <laughs> it's just so silly. It's like a, a, a an adre- pure adrenaline yeah. shot of fun and silliness and... And wheels you in, clearly. Completely. And I've got it's got a whole mine. new language where it's, you know, everything is something else. So obviously bazoomers, um, there are about eight different words for breasts. There's about 80 different words for snogging. And that's for what age? So you must have read that when you so were 14. I was, yeah, I was reading this sort of 13 through to 16, probably, when they were coming out, yeah. which was so exciting. And nobody else has done that. Again, young adult like that, well, she was so ahead of her time. Yeah. So I think there are these women yes. that are so good yes. and they stand out. Yes. Uh, and and we're right we're right to be reminded of her. Yes, I mean I I'm you know it's just absolutely gutting that you know she's not going to now write yeah. this with an adult character because it's not that obviously that adults can't read this and love it because it's hilarious and yeah. I would recommend that anyone who wants a you know essentially a quick. Well, we should of energy. All, somebody should, we should, I'm going to reread mine. I mean, yes. that, that could, you know, somebody could be inspired by that. Yes. And write, what a great yes. idea, you see, you have great ideas. To write an <laughs> adult version inspired by the late Louise Renison is a great, yes. that's a great way in too. Yes. You know, I mean, it is no barriers. Bridget Jones's diary... Before, but before, yeah. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say I was a precursor to Bridget Jones, yes. but doesn't don't we all? But I was doing <laughs> naked video monologues um, in the eighties. She started as a column, didn't she? Mm. And I did monologues. I had a file of facts, talked about being not entirely stupid. You know, it, it was that thing of go, oh, a woman who is not entirely stupid, or oh, has a career. 
uh, and also has a sex life and has a file of or I had a file of fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like um, that was quite unusual yes. for monologues. So yeah, yes, we, they're amazing. We, women can compete. That's another thing yes. before we sign off yes, because yes. I have to go and try and get some money uh, <laughs> um, at a meeting now to try and beg someone. I'm just doing meetings to get money. Yes. Um, what was I saying? How did I set that you up? You were saying women can compete. Yes, a big a big subject. I'll have to come back for this one. But women competitiveness. Mm support alliances it's a very rich area mm. um i think it's very funny um and i am very competitive um uh, but i know when i'm beaten so uh, <laughs> and, and what we were saying earlier is the best way is to own that and be with others mm. so that we bring mm. out the best in each other because mm. the product's going to be better mm. it, it, you you lose out by being too competitive completely um but it is a natural instinct and i think one's we can allow us we can allow ourselves to be competitive yes i think if people are nice to each other competitive and also supportive then we get round it yes yes but i mean i'd be a liar to say i wasn't competitive because especially now i look at a certain person and go oh my god they've got that how did they get that yeah. bloody hell and it actually makes me quite sad that somebody's got something that i want and then and then uh, that's really bad that's really awful um but that is quite funny yeah. so awful things <laughs> awful things are funny are they not yeah so completely. we mustn't be too ashamed of being awful and I also think that there's uh, something in yes. So no, this is fascinating. Yes. We should do seminars, yes. shall we? Yeah, just do let's workshops next. Give us some money for some seminars. Yes. Thanks. So, but your your listeners are going to donate. I yes, just, all I'm of my listeners it. are billionaires, <laughs> and all of were. all of you lovely little billionaires, um, as well as your regular payments to me. Yeah. Um, if you could also add some regular payments yeah. to the Comedy Women in Print Prize, which is yeah. very deserving and which has given Thank people you, a Lily. lot of entertainment. Oh gosh, my pleasure. That's it. Please uh, read my book. You'll be pleasantly surprised <laughs> uh, losing it. Kirstier isn't published yet. Laura Stephen, mm. uh, the exact opposite of OK, who won the Quip Publishing Published Prize last year. She's got another book coming out. Amazing. It's about espionage. It doesn't go to the normal... The person has a baby and uh, works for MI5, you know, already. <laughs> it's all mm. about, is mm. it funny? Mm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Helen, thank Our you women. so much. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Whitlet. So nice of you. Uh, please do the usual social media validating things. Um, subscribe, review, leave a little comment. Follow at Whitlet on Twitter and Instagram. Go through all my backlog, like all of them. Uh, retweet all of them. Add your own little gifts. Uh, retweet them again, like them, uh, create like a new social media account, then do the same thing. I uh, think, yeah, then that will be all right. Um, as ever, please also uh, message me if you're reading something funny at the moment or if you're interested in coming on as a guest. Hope you're having a sparklingly good start to the year. It's so cold, um, I'm a little distracted, but um, I'm sure you're looking lovely in your winter wear. Thanks for listening, and goodbye.